Smartcast. You are listening to a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hi, I'm Satya Santanam from Mint's personal finance team. They say nothing is certain except death and taxes. And when it comes to taxes, the most important days in a year to be mindful are the day you pay taxes and file the return, and the other is the budget day where the tax rates we pay are decided or modified. Now with budget around the corner let's talk about the tax on capital gains earned on equity capital gains is the profit that you receive on selling an asset for example say you bought a share for 100 rupees and sold it at 130 rupees the 30 rupees gain is the capital gains in case of equity including stocks and mutual funds anything held for less than 12 months is considered short term and the rest are long term long term capital gains are taxed at lower rate compared to short term at 10% after 1 lakh rupees in this episode we want to go back and talk about the history of capital gains taxation in india we have invited a couple of experts to share their insights let's start the episode hi welcome to why not mint money a person finance podcast where we help you understand basic money concepts and share strategies for you to build your wealth so let's get started on your money journey first we have deepen mittal ca with taxman a tax advisory firm he will walk us through the changes in capital gains taxation on equity over the past few years hi deepen how are you i am fine sir there you tell how are you So yeah with budget around the corner is there a higher workload at your end Yes <laughs> the <laughs> workload is very high uh, Okay so you work on expectations and after the budget uh, comes you really have to work on the provisions um, that have been introduced and what is its impact right Yes uh, actually uh, we have uh, we uh, bifurcated the budget into three parts pre budget exercise post budget ex- uh, on, on budget day and the post budget exercise so we are uh, this time we are evaluating the uh, changes which may be made in the budget upcoming budget then on the budget day we analyze the provisions uh, the proposed provisions made in the budget and then we fi- finally after post budget we do analyze uh, the impact of the amendment made wow uh, so certainly this is a very important uh, budget is a very important day for you in the year right yes 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 great great so now sticking to the budget uh, you know industry expect uh, experts are expecting that there would be change in the capital gains taxation of the equity uh, currently equity held more than 12 months is considered long term and gains beyond 1 lakh is taxed at 10% as you know now you know there are talks that this 12 months holding period will be extended to 3 years to be in line with the holding period of other asset classes um now with expectations aside the pain let's talk about the history of capital gains on equity uh, i think this would be interesting um we want to go back to 1991 and 92 i know you're super qualified to talk about it you're dealing with taxation day in and day out yes yes sure satya actually the uh, the capital gain taxation regime was uh, uh, thoroughly changed i would say in year 1992 uh wherein the concept of indexation was introduced uh but before that there was no concept of indexation because in 1991 there was a flat deduction of certain amount and a percentage of capital gain was allowed to be deducted from the capital gain and there was no concept of indexation so the Depend, uh, sorry to interrupt you let's pause yes. here a minute 
uh could you talk yeah. about uh this standard deduction and then indexation by giving an example so that it will be very clear for the uh listeners uh yes actually the concept of indexation is basically to allow the adjustment of the cost of acquisition to account for the inflation for say if you have purchased an asset uh, for say in year 1990 for uh, uh suppose 10000 rupees now they the cost of the assets if i calculate it today it would be much higher than the cost of uh, which i purchased in 1990 of for rupees 10000 so to account for the inflation the uh, the government allowed the benefit of inflation while calculating the long term capital gain so if i take an example if you are holding an mor property for more than 36 months then you are eligible for the benefit of indexation you said i 2017 i bought an asset for 10000 rupees and 2022 i bought i sold it for about 50000 rupees uh, but yes. because of the inflation itself the asset would have raised to 20000 rupees or 30000 rupees so yes. now instead of paying capital gains tax on um, 50000 minus 10000 40000 rupees i would be paying mm-hmm. tax on 50000 minus uh, 20000 which is the inflated cost of the asset right yes. so that's yes. reducing my capital gains uh, and the डिडक्शन Yes, you can say that. Understand? Yeah. Now, uh, how has it changed after nineteen ninety one, ninety two? I mean, yes, uh, you're saying that the uh, indexation was introduced in ninety one, ninety two. What? When is the next change in the capital gains taxation? How has it changed? Yeah, as I told, uh, in nineteen ninety two, they bring the concept of indexation, and if I talk uh, uh, specifically for the equity class. then several amendments have been made in uh, past years uh, suppose i give you an example uh, in 1999 they give an option to actually the long term capital gain is charged to generally charged to tax at 20% but a non resident for non resident we have certain provisions wherein they are allowed uh, certain benefits Where, are, where where there are certain concessional tax rates for the capital gains suppose there are 10% tax rate but in that case indexation benefit is not allowed to non resident so to make a level playing field between non resident and resident they bring an amendment in 1999 and they allowed the option to the resident as well that they can pay tax uh, either at 20% and avail the benefit of indexation and they can opt to avail the benefit of concessional tax rate every 10% but in that case they are not allowed the benefit of indexation uh, so this was the whole concept in 1999 but this concept was changed later on in 2004 the to promote equity investment in, in the capital market and to promote uh, the uh, infusion of capital in the manufacturing sector and business the government introduced two provisions made the which uh, which was applicable since 2004 to year 2017 one was section 1038 and second was section 111a 
Section 1038 was introduced to make long-term capital gain from equity share, equity-oriented mutual fund, and uh, from exempt from tax. This so is a landmark capital, uh, announcement, right? Yes, Exempting this was the a landmark announcement. Yeah, yes, yeah. and with this amendment, uh, the uh, capital infusion in uh, equity market uh, there was a steep hike in the uh, if I say uh, the investment in the equity market. Yeah, I even I uh, heard from somebody yeah. that, you know, once this announcement was made, uh, the markets went uh, really high uh, on the next day is what I heard that because this 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 could really impact and uh, really bolster the equity markets in India. Yes, yes. Okay. But, uh, is, but in 2018, they withdraw this exemption, uh, long-term capital gain exemption from equity. And they bring a provision section 112A. Now, so if I talk uh, the present provision, then long-term capital gain from equity shares or equity rented mutual fund is taxed at 10%, provided the capital gain exceeds rupees. With Deepain giving us a context on how tax rules changed over years, now let's catch up with Santosh Joseph from Germinates Investor Services. He's a mutual fund distributor since 2003 and tells his experience of how exempting long-term capital gains on equity in 2004 has helped bolster the retail participation in markets. See, uh, in the early 2000s, we began on a very uh, uh, difficult note, though of course the 2000s uh, starting was thanks to a massive tech bubble where uh, people made a lot of money but for the next uh, three four years things were in a really bad shape and when the market was slowly recovering you had this massive sea change activity which is the uh, uh, cancellation of the long-term capital taxes on equity now for investors this was a boon and i think that's when uh, a lot of retail participation increased in the indian equity markets because till then investing largely meant bonds or fixed income or uh, even FDs. But that was the crux of the moment where people started looking at equity favorably. The only uh, hitch was that you had to stay invested at least 12 months, which was possibly the least resistance that they could experience. That is to invest 12 months and, uh, and uh, you know, benefit from the long-term capital gain. Now, over the period of that next you know, 2004 to 2018 Jan, investors had such clarity of thought and such comfort in the mind that if I invested, if I waited for 12 months, the long-term capital gain were free and all the money that I made out of equity markets were free of capital gain tax. Now, the benefit of this is you should remember FDs were already taxed and uh, real estate continued to being taxed. This actually paved the way for retail and HNI to look at equity as an asset class seriously in a country like India. Even though, even today, we have such low penetration, but whatever penetration of equity we have is largely, I think, uh, uh, benefited uh, and grown because of the low, uh, uh, you know, threshold for 12 months to quali qualify for long-term capital gain. That's a benefit. Now, another point that we have to not forget is even the dividends that were tax-free in India. So that was a, another huge advantage too. So now you have both come back, which is dividends are taxed at slab rate and equity long-term capital gain is applicable. So I think that if ever we go back to a regime where long-term capital gains on equity would go back to zero again, it will be a massive boost for retail investors to you know consider uh, equity as an integral part of their investing journey. Brilliant. Now sticking to that era of long-term capital gains 
you know tax exemption um how is the communication to investors like when you go to investor and compare an equity investment with a bond or with an fd you're straight away telling them two things one as long as you hold the investment there is no taxes whereas in an fd if you make a one year fd two year fd three year fd or even a five year fd the minute you roll over the fd or the minute the fd pays out an interest to you there is a tds tax deducted at source a minimum 10% and balance the money you have to pay at slab rate depending on your income slab whereas when you invest in equities there is no taxes to hold the investment now if a company then gives you a dividend right now the dividend distribution tax applies but for a long period of time even dividends were completely tax free so you had a scenario where you made an fd versus make money in investment in equity equities gave you dividends and uh, fds gave you uh, interest interest was taxable but dividends were tax free so there were landmark benefits for customers very easy to compare interest was taxed dividends were tax free the gain on fd was uh, taxed at a higher rate than the gain on uh, capital gains of equities sure i think now we are not going back to that era of uh, exemption of long term capital gains at all but uh, you know you deal with investors day in and day out what are their expectations like See, I think today over the last uh, you know three four years, they've got used to the long term capital gains on equity at ten uh, percent and short term at fifteen. Uh, in a ideal scenario, uh, for all of us to rejoice, uh, an abolition of long term capital gain would be very ideal. Uh, maybe you could tinker a little bit time. The twelve months could become eighteen months, or maybe stretch even twenty four months. But really, the buoyancy uh, that you will experience when long term capital gains become tax free is uh, a real. joy but having said that uh, if you e- even if you make dividends tax free to a certain extent or uh, if you uh, don't tinker and increase the long term capital gain taxes i think you will still have a continued uh, good run on equities and it's a nice uh, way to explain to people that what returns actually matter is not the gross return expectation but post tax return expectation and on that count equities even at today's tax regime is very favorable now with history aside let's understand how the current tax structure of capital gains on equity compares to the regime in other countries to explain that we have rajesh kandhi partner at deloitte india hi rajesh how are you i'm doing well good afternoon how are you Good I'm, I'm good too. Thanks, thanks, Rajesh. You graciously contributed data on how capital gains and equity are taxed in various countries. Thanks a lot for that. Firstly, and um, yeah, I would like to uh, ask you on how India is placed compared to most of the countries. Is it investor friendly, higher tax rates, or lower taxes, etc.? You know, over to you, please. Right, Satya. So I think first of all, uh, congratulations to you for. picking up this topic which i think is quite interesting interesting because you know while we may think capital gains taxation is quite simplistic it is the difference between my sale price less cost of acquisition and whenever i sell an asset i should be li- i would be liable to capital gains tax but then when you deep dive and you look at the laws in different countries it actually turns out to be pretty complex in terms of you know different asset classes uh different rules around how capital gains is computed in the first place different rules around loss offset etc and i think india is no exception uh so i mean india also over the last few years uh, uh has actually 
made the capital gains tax regime pretty complex primarily because of the different asset classes so today we have equity we have mutual funds or uh, investment in units of reits invits aifs or uh, immol property or uh, fndo which is derivatives etc and there are different tax rates uh, holding periods for different asset classes and coupled with the surcharge and cess it actually makes it a uh, pretty complex uh and, and i think that's one area where i see a little bit of distinction when i compare with some of the other economies uh where based on my study the ru- the rules and the rates around capital gains tax and though in many countries are actually few and far between them there might be just a couple of rates for different assets as against multiple rates for uh so many different assets in india w- one example is that an fii investing in listed securities in india uh, has to deal with over 20 effective tax rates including surcharge and cess if you consider wow. the different income levels and holding periods but on the on the on the on the flip side or on the positive side i would say that not many countries give a concessional or a beneficial rate for listed uh, investments a particularly equity where india as you know has a 10% tax rate for long term and 15% for short term uh, which is not there in uh, some of these jurisdictions which we had analyzed yeah that's nice to know rajesh now um you you've given us data for seven countries um you know let's talk about each country uh, maybe briefly let's start with us rajesh uh, how is it uh, how, how is the cap- it's on equity tax in the us right absolutely so in the us there is uh, somewhat similar to india there is a distinction between long term and short term uh, and the holding period is generally one year it could be 3 years in certain situations but normally it's one year so any security or shares which are held for more than one year the income becomes long term in which case the rates could be uh, anywhere from 0 to 20% uh generally you would have a 20% tax for uh shares and if the income is short term then it is taxed at the ordinary rates applicable to the individual so it will be taxed at the particular slab rates so quite similar in that sense uh broadly to the indian rules uh that is one and also uh the us does not tax any unrealized gains again quite similar to india so capital gains are taxable only when you sell a particular asset or shares understand but do you say that there are certain countries who are actually taxing the unrealized gains as well yeah there are few countries actually few very few countries uh, i think countries like belgium etc in certain situations they do tax uh, unrealized gains and even japan i think as a regime where if you change your uh, residential status then for some of the assets or uh, whatever unrealized gains are there at the time of change of residential status they are subject to tax on exit okay okay at least that's not there in india <laughs> we should be thankful for that <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely sure sure uh, coming to canada uh, rajesh i've heard that um, 50% of the uh capital gains would be exempt and only tax on uh, 50% of the capital gains will be applicable uh could you elaborate on that 
Yeah, that is correct. In, uh, in fact, Canada does not distinguish between capital gains and other income. Uh, and so the benefit for capital gains is given by way of a 50% deduction uh, against the gains which are derived under tax law. So only the balance 50% is then subject to uh, tax. Uh, the rate could be anywhere from 15 to 33% uh, and it is taxed as normal income. So that, that is correct. Sure, sure. So, uh, though the tax rates are higher, uh, don't you think it's a great incentive that 50% on capital gains is deducted? Yeah, I would think so. And I also think it makes the regime a bit simpler, right? So, your capital gains are treated as ordinary income. So, which means you don't have to deal with another headache of a different uh, head of income. And at the same time, benefit is given by way of some kind of allowance or a deduction. So, I think it does make it attractive and simpler. Sure. Um, now, can we also talk about uh, how the regime is in uh, Japan and Australia? Yeah, sure. So, uh, in Japan, uh, capital gains are uh, taxed at special rates. And, uh, uh, and generally, there is a flat rate of taxation in Japan uh, for different kinds of assets. So, the rate normally is between uh, either 15% or 30%. Uh, and the rate can actually go, that rate of 15 or 30 can actually go to uh, 20.3 or 39.6 after you include the surtax. Uh, now, 15% rate applies in the case of uh, shares or in the case of property which is held for more than five years. Uh, and the 30% rate applies normally in the case of property which is held for less than five years. So, again, somewhat similar to our situation where we taxed, where we tax immobile property, uh, short-term immobile property at a higher rate, but we have a holding period of two years, and after two years we treat that as long-term. Japan has a holding period of five years, and any sale of asset, any sale of property before five years is short-term. Wow. Okay, that's nice. Five years is a is a long period, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, coming to the countries, uh, there are certain countries where, uh, first, the cap, uh, you know, taxation itself is uh, not there in countries like UAE and, uh, you know, Singapore. Singapore, of course, a certain income is taxed. Can you talk about the countries where the capital gains taxation is not applicable at all? Yeah, that is also, uh, yeah, that's an interesting question uh, because we keep on hearing, you know, sometimes about uh, in the press that, there are many, many countries which don't tax capital gains. So is there a case for removal of capital gains tax in India? And especially now that we have the STD or the securities transaction tax. But let me tell you, uh, most countries actually tax capital gains uh, for their residents, uh, including the countries which we discuss and so many other countries. Though there are a few exceptions. So uh, some of the notable ones like Singapore, uh, New Zealand, uh, Hong Kong, Cayman Islands, Sri Lanka. These are some of some of the countries where there is no capital gains tax. Uh, at Cayman Islands, we can understand because it is a it's a go through country for uh, foreign capital flowing through Cayman to other countries. So I think that's quite understandable. And so is some of the other tax jurisdictions like Bermuda, BVI. But Singapore and Hong Kong. 
uh, generally have a territorial basis of taxation. So they, you would think they would tax capital gains, but they would tax income from sale of an asset only in the case of traders. So uh, if your income class, if your income from sale of assets classifies as business income, then Singapore and Hong Kong will treat will tax you. But if it is capital gains, then there is an exemption. That's brilliant. Uh, no wonder so many fintech companies are actually going and uh, establishing their business in Singapore, right? Not just fintech. There are so many digital platforms that are actually going and establishing their companies in Singapore. Oh this yeah, must yeah be absolutely, absolutely. So that is one of the drivers in terms of one is the simplistic regime, the entire ecosystem in Singapore or Hong Kong, and also the beneficial capital gains tax uh, regime over there. I mean, it's a different. Point and maybe deserves a discussion on on another podcast that some of these countries are now looking at reverse flipping the structure for the purpose of listing in India. But yeah, from a tax perspective, Singapore definitely has an edge. That's a brilliant point. That's all for now in this episode, listeners. If you have any queries or suggestions, you can reach out to me on Twitter. My handle is at Satya Sontanam. S A T Y A S O N T A N A M, or you can also write to us at mintmoney at livemint.com. Bye bye. This was a mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.